Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, we'll continue with this that we were, have started looking at on faith for healing. And uh, hallelujah. You know, the su faith is not just a subject to be taught. And uh, that is so important. I learned that years ago that faith is not just a subject to be taught. It's a spirit that you catch. It, it's a spirit to be caught. And you have to catch it from a carrier. Uh, there are people that teach the subject of faith, but uh, that's like teaching the subject of prayer or the subject of uh, any Bible thing. Uh, if you're just teaching it as a subject, the subject matter, then you'll get some information, some knowledge, but you won't catch the import of it. You won't catch the spirit of it. And, uh, you know, years ago, I I've told the story years ago, going to a meeting with Dr. T.L. Lowry uh, and uh, uh, he was preaching on the Holy Spirit, ministering on the Holy Spirit. And I was sitting there on the front row and, and it just, it hit me. He knows the Holy Spirit in a way that I don't. And it became very important to me to understand how did he know the Holy Spirit that way? Because I was raised in the Pentecostal church. I was raised speaking in tongues. I was raised with a, uh, if we could say it this way, a... Um, a Christian pride about being full of the Holy Ghost. You know, that's just how we were raised. And, uh, uh, but sitting in that meeting, it occurred to me that he knows something about the Holy Spirit I don't know. Well, uh, now, the, the, the event I'm about to tell you happened years before that event, but Pastor Michelle and I had moved from Nashville, Tennessee to Kansas City, Missouri, the Kansas City area, uh, not in Kansas City proper, but in a, a suburb of Kansas City, Grandview, Missouri. And uh, we were uh, uh, believing God we'd move there at His direction. But I, it was in that season that I found a uh, Concepts of Faith magazine by Charles Capps. And uh, I don't remember what was in the magazine, but I do remember on the back he had uh, a order form for two series that he had, Faith, Law of the New Covenant, and uh, how that uh, words were the substance of things. And uh, we sent, we ordered those, and uh, we, we got that tape series. And I remember sitting in our little apartment that we lived in. Uh, she, my wife was working nights, and I was at home with the kids during the night, and I'd put them to bed, and then I'd, I'd get into the Word. And I remember listening to those tapes, thinking the same thing that I was going to say about the Holy Spirit all those years later, that he knows something about faith that I don't know. And if what I'm hearing is true, my life's about to change. Because that was it. You know, it's, it's, but I caught the spirit of faith. It wasn't just I found out what faith was. You can define things. L listen, listen, today, they're having trouble defining what a man or a woman is. And, and my point is,
is, is because they break it down to how you feel. Well, if you feel like a woman, you're a woman even if you're a man. And if you feel like a man, you're a, a man even if you're a woman. Or if, if you don't know what you are, if you think you're binary or you're whatever it may be. Well, here's, here's the point. So people are being taught and learning to live by how they feel. And that's going to define what they are. So that means there will be the absence of faith. Right? I'm, I don't have faith that I am a male just because of the physical appearance of my body. I have faith that I'm a male because I know. I know. See, there's no confusion. Faith in its simplicity is knowing. Faith in its, in its simplest form is knowing. I know. Alright? That's what the Apostle Paul said. You'll remember, he said, I know in whom I have believed. I don't think. I know. And I know that this is what he will do. He talked about the problems that him and his team were facing. And he said, we were stretched out of measure. He said, we were we despaired of life. We were actually ready to go home. It was so tough. And he said, but here's what I know. Here's what I know. God did deliver me. God does deliver me. And I know God will deliver me. That wasn't based on experience. That was based on faith formed in that experience. If he did it then and he's doing it now, he'll do it again. But that that see that that circumstance didn't produce the faith. It was what he did in his circumstance. I'm working on a book called The Myth of the Wilderness Experience. The Myth of the Wilderness Experience. Because you run into people all the time and and Pastor Michelle's at a meeting one time. And she had just ministered a, a, a wonderful message. And, uh, on, uh, and she had made mention in that, that, you know, people will say, well, I thank God for my dark times that I've went through. And she said, why would you do that? There's no darkness in God. He had nothing to do with your dark time. God is light, and there's no darkness in Him. Well, a lady came to her after the meeting. She was at her product table. And she said, well, I want you to know that I do thank God for my dark times. Because it was in those dark times that God did this or God did that. And, Pastor, and my faith was built. And uh, Pastor Michelle said, well, you know, uh, dear lady, uh, you might have built your faith, but the dark time didn't bring your faith. It was the word that you got into, right? Well, the, the, the point that I'm making is that it's not the circumstance that produces faith. The Bible says there's only one way that faith comes. And that's by hearing the Word. Amen. If tough times built great faith, we'd all be faith giants. Alright? There are people that go through tough times and whatever faith they had, they let go of. And uh, so faith then, for anything in the Word, comes from feeding on the Word on that subject. Now, it's important that faith comes because of what faith is. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 tells us here, 
the Bible definition of faith. And it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The uh, Weiss translation says, faith, now faith is the title deed of things hoped for, the proof of things which are not seen. And so the first thing that we come to then is this, is that a title deed denotes ownership of something that you possess. It denotes ownership of something that you possess. Now that can be used also in, in the illustration that you, if you have a title deed, you have it whether you see it or not. And that's an element of faith. But faith at its core is a title deed. And a title deed is evidence of something that you possess. The title deed to your car, the title deed to your home, whatever it may be, it's something that I possess. So then, faith then is not a belief that something will happen, it's a belief that something has happened. I possess it, I have it, all right? Now that's faith, that's not just a thought about faith, that's faith. We'll look at what that word faith means in a moment, but the Phillips translation says, faith means we have full confidence in the things we hope for. That's Bible hope, not natural human hope. All right, natural human hope is that, well, if, if everything works out right, if the stars align right, if everything goes right, Maybe it might work out. I At least I have hope. Well, but that person has no picture of the desired result. That's what hope is. Bible hope is a picture of what you desire. Not what I desire for you. What you desire. Hallelujah. And he says... The full confidence of what we hope for, it means being certain of things we cannot see. So notice the way that faith is described. Title deed, full confidence, and being certain. Is that right? Title deed, full confidence, being certain. So then... When a person is operating in faith, if someone asks them uh, concerning their physical situation, their physical uh, uh, issue that they're dealing with, if they're answering in faith, how are they answering? Confidently. Certainly. Is that right? Well, how are you, brother? I'm healed. Bless the Lord. Thank God I'm doing well. See, and people say, yeah, you got to keep a good confession, but that good confession is born out of confidence. What you, what you say confidently is evidence that there's faith. I have a friend of mine uh, that pastors a church in Alabama, and uh, he had two uh, acquaintances, and uh, one of them was a, a gentleman, the other one was a, a lady, and uh, uh, both of them were, were battling cancer, both of them. 
And uh, they, he was going to camp meeting that year, and he was going to see both of them. And so he encountered the man first. And this man had wrote uh, pamphlets on healing. Uh, he had taught on healing. And uh, my friend went up to him and said, Man, how are you doing? He said, I, you know, I heard what you were going through. He said, How are you doing? And the man looked at him and said, Well, you know, he said, The Bible just has too much to say about healing for it not to be true. Well, that was a true statement. But it wasn't a faith statement. You can be confident that it's in the Bible, but you have to be confident that it's yours. I've heard people say that before. Well, you know, just if the Bible says it, it's true. That's right. That's absolutely right. If the Bible says it, it's true. But are you confident that it's true for you? Hallelujah. Well, so he went to the next person, the, the lady, and he said the uh, same thing to her. You know, how are you doing? I, I heard about this. said, how are you doing? And she said, I'm blessed and healed, doing great, praise the Lord. She said, quoted a number of scriptures. This is what the Word of God says, and that's what I have. I am what the Word says I am. Hallelujah. Well, one of those two didn't make it. It wasn't the second one. It was the first one. Now that's not an indictment against him. It's saying, knowing it's in the Word is not confidence that it's mine. And, 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 and very often we have a problem in teaching about faith because people teach faith uh, uh, formulas, but faith's a law. And there are principles that govern laws. When you break faith down into a formula, it makes for good preaching material. It'll make people shout, but can they take it home and put it into operation? That, that's what... That, anytime that you hear faith taught and it sounds complicated, the person teaching it doesn't know what they're talking about. Because faith is not hard. It's just different. It's not hard. It's just different. It's, it's simple. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is of the heart. Faith comes by hearing. Faith goes by saying. Faith grows by using. That's the simplicity of faith. And I, and I can't reverse that order. Faith has to come. Then faith has to be said. Then faith has to be used. Hallelujah. I've had people before that say, well, you know, I'm working with so-and-so and I'm trying to get them to confess they're healed. Do they believe they're healed? If they don't believe they're healed, confessing it won't help them. I, I've, I've got to have this confidence. Right? What does that mean? Faith has come. Faith has come. Oh, glory. So, faith then, the Word... Faith, pistis, we've talked about it. It means a conviction of the truth of anything. But something that's interesting is it, it is a conviction based on hearing. A conviction based on hearing. The Bible says that all of us were saved by grace, God's unmerited favor, through faith, the avenue, the channel of our faith. 
Well, how did that faith come? By hearing the word. In whatever manner that it, it was presented. And what happened? You were convicted. You were convinced that you needed a Savior. You were confident that you needed a Savior. Right? And then once you were born again, you were confident that you were saved. Even though you didn't look any different. Hallelujah. Your life hadn't changed really. People say, oh, that's the moment my life changed. That's the moment you set yourself up for change. If, if you had marriage problems, you still had them. If you had financial issues, you still had them. Right? It's, it's just, now I'm, I'm there where I can make a change. Because I'm convinced. I'm saved. Oh, hallelujah. So faith then is being convinced that something's true. And it's, it's that conviction based on hearing. So faith is not knowing something only. Well, I know. I mean, I know that's in the Word. I know it's there. Faith is possessing something. Not just knowing it, it's possessing it. I have it. Hallelujah. Because I can know it's in the Word and possess no faith for it. Amen. It's not like the, the guy, well, you know, the Word has too much to say about healing for it not to be true. But then there was no possessing of faith for it. That's why the Bible says that when it comes to faith, you need to examine yourself and see if you be in faith. Right, that's, that's, that's what Paul wrote to the church. And he said, examine yourselves and see if you be in the faith. Hallelujah. Because there, there, there's times that, that I can confess something because that's what I'm supposed to do or that's what everybody else is doing. But I don't possess faith for that. Now there are things that are always God's will that I should always declare that they're mine. Alright? Uh, healing is God's will. So I'm always declaring that I'm healed. But I'm declaring it because I know it's God's will. I know, I know it's God's will. But see, I know that I possess, watch, I know that I, how do I know that God will heal me if something comes up? Because I possess healing. I have healing. Uh, it's not just something that's in the Word, I have it. And, and I do it very nicely, but when anybody starts talking about any sickness going around, I look at them very nicely and I say, I don't mind telling you I'll never have it. I'll never have it. And people say, why do you do that? Because uh, number one, I have to answer what's being said. I have to answer that. All right? I'm, I'm not just making a good confession, not just making a good faith confession. I'm, I'm answering that thing. Because I possess healing. So every disease, when you say every disease, germ, and virus that touches my body dies instantly in the name of Jesus because I'm kept by the power of God, what you're saying is I'm confident that the healing in me is greater than the sickness that's going to try to come on me. Hallelujah. 
Do, do you see that? And, and you continually confess that and declare that and things just keep getting better and better and better and better. Why? Because the word you're confessing is life, it's health, it's peace, it's strength. Oh, hallelujah. See, you, Lord, help me say this right. When you start feeling better, it doesn't boost your faith. You understand what I'm saying? Because my faith is not boosted or hurt by my feelings. I'm supposed to feel better. Right? And that's evidence my faith is working. Glory to God. What I believe I have is working. And that's why for every little thing, what do you do? You give God praise. You give God glory. You got out of bed today and weren't hurting as bad. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm not hurting as bad. What, now, what are you doing? You're confessing. You're declaring. You're confidently saying, I'm worshiping you because the healing in me is driving this out of my body. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? And so, you know, when someone says things like, well, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there because, you know, with all this, all this flu running around. You know, well, you don't want to just say, oh, I'm not worried about that. You know, I don't mind telling you I'll never have it. I won't catch it. Hallelujah. Because you're confident. Right? It, no, because remember, title deed. What do you own? Healing. I own it. Why? Because the price was paid for me. And given to me. So Jesus bought and paid for healing and then gave it to me with the title deed. It's mine. I have it. It's, it's mine. And, and you're very confident. You know, when I walk in my home... I'm not hesitant about where I can go and what I can do. It's my home. I can pull you out the title and show you my name on the title. It's there. Right? Amen. No, no room is off limits to me. Whatever, I, I can go in any cap, any cabinet. Right? Because it's my home. When our, when our kids were growing up, uh, you know, I, I, ha I had a rule. If I come to your door, I'm going to knock once and I'm coming in. You know, especially after they got up older. Now, the girls, I, I was a little different uh, there a little bit. But especially the boys. I'm, with the boys, a lot of times I wouldn't knock at all. I got a lot of surprise looks. <laughs> now, I respected their privacy, but my mindset was always this. What do you mean coming in my room? Excuse me. Your room? You're blessed. You got a room. <laughs> Amen. And this is really my room. Hallelujah. Now, I wasn't as bad about that as some people were and are, but, but the point is, that was always my mindset. I, I'm very confident. And, and they knew that. They knew they might come home from school and I might have went through their room. 
My daughter came home one day and there were some things out of, out of line and her friend said, well, why is this out of line? She goes, I, my dad's been going through my stuff. Yeah, but they have a right to private. No. No. Not, not, not in my home. My, my home. I'm very confident. Right? That's why kids grow up and leave home. Right? And, and they get a place where they can be very confident. Very bold. Right? Now, you know, when I go to my son's house now, you know what I do? I ring the doorbell and wait on all them little grandkids to come welcome me. Right? Well, I mean, I could just go in. He's not going to say anything if I just walked into his home. But it's his home. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm using that as an illustration. That's the boldness that you got to use. Everything in the package is mine. I just have to be bold to receive it. He never said one time, come hesitatingly, come wondering, come asking. Amen? Amen. I mean, asking is the rule of the kingdom. He said if you ask. But there are things that are just mine that I don't have to ask for. I just have to confidently receive. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? That's so important. And so, when, when you come to realize that, then there's a confidence there. You know what to do. Oh, hallelujah. Look at, look at Romans 10. A big part of faith is confidence. Well, how do you know God will? And you know, you'll hear different answers. Well, you know, the Word says, or well, He's done it before. I'm convinced. I have faith. See, that, that's, that's... Anybody is capable of great faith. It, because great faith is just great trust in a great God. I mean, that, that's the simplicity of it. Brother Hagin used to say, you know, people will introduce me and they'll say, he's a man of great faith. And he'd say, well, it's not hard to have great faith when you have a great God. And it's really not. But see, every time, every time God does something for you, your confidence grows. Right? Be, be, because you saw God do that. But it wasn't so much a boost to my faith as it was understanding, hey, it works. Right? Hallelujah. Romans chapter 10. And let's look at this verse 17. It's a familiar verse, but notice it says, so then. Now, you know, Paul uses the phrase, so then. Well, you know, you don't start a sentence off that way. So then. So then what? He, he's explaining the preaching of the gospel. Verse 14, How shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? 
How shall they believe on him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher, a proclaimer? Right? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Then it says, notice verse 16, they have not all obeyed the gospel. Now see, there's an explanation here in these verses about salvation for why some are not healed. They haven't obeyed what they heard. Well, how can I obey what I hear when it comes to healing? Believe it. Receive it. Take it. Right? And then he said this. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That's, that's how faith comes. So then, it's, 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 it's the... It, Romans is a legal letter. Ro, the book of Romans is still used in law schools around the United States as an example of a near-perfect dissertation of laying out a case. He's, and so then, he's saying, okay, so here's, here's the key. Let, let, me, let me make this perfectly plain. So then, after what we said, so then we discern, we come to this conclusion. Faith comes by hearing. Do you see this? Faith comes by hearing. The channel. Proposition by the, the, the channel, the means of faith is by hearing the word. So faith for any Bible thing comes from hearing the word concerning that thing. Hallelujah. Because I've got to hear the word. There's no substitute for hearing the word. And it's the spoken word, rhema, R-H-E-M-A there. The spoken word, whether that's hearing yourself speak it or hearing someone else speak it. There's no substitute for hearing the word of God. Hallelujah. So, faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I had a person say one time, well, you know, I don't understand why I got sick. I was confessing the Word. Well, here's the thing. You can confess a confession with no faith in the thing that you're confessing. Just, just before, uh, well, it wasn't just before. I, I, got, I get in the office early, and I, was, I, I just, to satisfy my own curiosity, I just, I, I went to Google and typed in, uh, healing confession, and I put on the PDF, you know, just so so it wouldn't be a book or something. It would be something that people print out page after page after page of healing confessions. Well, those those are great. Don't misunderstand me. I tell you all the time, you need to confess the word. We need to be declaring what God said after us. All right, uh, about us. Every day is a faith day. We have a whole chapter about confessing the word. But here's here's the point. Here's the point. There are people that can go to Google and print out healing confessions and they're just saying things. They're not saying what they believe. There's a difference. 
right? Between saying it, listen, everybody knows politicians say things they don't mean. And they say things they don't believe. Right? Oh, hallelujah. Now, I'm not running down politicians, but I'm saying, I'm using that as an example to say every day we see people saying things they don't believe. Right? You know, when, 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 when you say things like you're, you're driving down the road and uh, uh, somebody, you know, somebody cuts you off and you just say, you know, you're trying to be cute. Well, yeah, you know, it's okay. It's okay to uh, not give your blinker if you're in a hurry. You don't believe that. And you're conditioning your heart to not believe what you say. See, people don't think that matters. It matters where your faith is concerned because to operate your faith, you've got to be saying. And if I don't believe what I'm saying, oh, hallelujah. Does that make sense? That's so important. Because uh, the Bible calls that deceiving your own heart. And, and you don't want to deceive your heart, especially, especially if you're believing God for a physical situation. You don't want to, you don't want to be deceiving your own heart. Because you, when the, when the, when this, this is what is meant when Pastor Michelle talks about in the beginning confessing the Word in her life, that it would come out and it was like a feather, it just kind of... It just kind of floated to the ground. And she said, but after giving time and effort and study and practice to it and getting in the Word, one day she declared what she was declaring and it came out with a force. That's what you want your words to carry every time you declare something about yourself. I'm the healed of the Lord. And every fiber of your being and your spirit grabs a hold of that and says, that's right, yes we are, we're healed. Because he doesn't say anything he don't mean. You understand? That, that's a, and, and, and that'll make you put a guard over your, your mouth. And I'm not talking about confession per se, but... I've had people say that. I had one person say that, that I dearly love. Well, I don't understand why I got sick. I was confessing the Word. Well, it's not that you don't believe the Word. It's, it's, it's how much time have you spent meditating on that and becoming convinced that you're healed. Hallelujah. See, that's something I said Sunday morning that a lot of times people take the, the, the Scripture, for we walk by faith, not by sight, and they use the last part, and they think not walking by sight is all there is to walking by faith. And it's part of it, but it's not all of it. You can, you can be in denial and call it faith, and denial is not looking at what's seen. Amen. I knew a lady that, I, I, well, I say, I, I knew a man too. I probably should use a man. He was, he was the better example. I, 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 I knew a person one time that, that, was, that was diagnosed with a deadly condition. And they just denied, 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 and called it faith. 
and denied, 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 and called it faith. Well, you can confess all you want because this is not confession. That's not cancer. That's not cancer. Nope, that's not cancer. Nope, that's not cancer that the doctor found. It is. It is cancer that they found. Are you convinced it doesn't have a right in your body? Right? We saw Sister Pam running around the, the sanctuary, praise the Lord. But you know, I, I, and, and I'm, I'm not going to tell her business, I'm just going to tell you how, how the faith works, and I know how the faith works. She never once denied that she was having an issue. But her confession was, I'm going to run around this church. I'm going to be back and strong. Right? See, that, that is confidence that I have. And that's with anything. From, from a headache to a, a, a heartburn to serious physical issues. That's how it works. It, it, the confession is not, I don't have a headache. I don't have a headache. Yes, you do. You got a headache. Now, how, how do I turn that around? Headaches are under the curse. And Jesus freed me from the curse. So therefore, I'm free from the power of headaches. Amen. And everything in your body and your spirit starts rising up because they say, He don't say anything He don't mean. And, th and that's how the Word, the Word that created you perfectly in the beginning can recreate you that way because that's God's will. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because, I'll say it again, faith is a law. It's not a formula. And there are principles that govern the operation of faith for anything. Hallelujah. And the very first principle is that faith comes by hearing the Word. Faith comes by hearing the Word. Hallelujah. I was uh, dealing with a gentleman in the hospital one time, and he was dealing with some heart issues. And uh, when I went up, I was talking to him, and, and he was, uh, you know, he was a he, member of our church and, and a good man. And uh, uh, he, uh, he kept saying, yep, this, this is what I'm in all the time. And he kept, he would hold up Brother Cap's book for uh, God's Creative Power for Healing. And of course you ought to use that. Of course you ought to utilize that. But what kept coming up in my spirit is, but what do you believe? That book is the product of what he believed. What do you believe? Because that book came from a yellow legal pad. That he searched the scriptures and found the scriptures concerning all those things and wrote them out on a yellow legal pad. And when he would take a break plowing his soybean fields and his cotton fields, he'd walk into turn rows and confess that yellow legal pad list that he had. When he first started taking those uh, lists to meetings, they were on a sheet, sheet of paper front and back. Free. 
Just gave them away. That was, a, that was a product of what he believed and, and knew it would help other people. Hallelujah. So you need that book. You need to confess those confessions. You need to do that. But you need to believe what you're confessing. That's why all the scriptures are included in the back of the book. Amen. Hallelujah. I was looking the other day. When, when we moved to Little Rock, some things that, that we were declaring and confessing that I had went through the scriptures and found and just written out on, on, a, on, a, on a, well, a yellow legal pad and, and paper clipped them all together. Almost every one of those have come to pass. And people said, see, see, their confession works. The Word works. And my confession of the Word works. Well, what am I confessing? The Word. Right? Am, am I helping you with this? And, and, that's, and, that's why, and that's why you need to remember that. You know, just, just saying, I'm not sick is positive, but that's not necessarily a Bible confession. When someone comes up and they say, well, you know, I, I heard you were feeling bad. Are you sick? I'm not sick. Don't speak that on me. We don't have to. We don't have to. You're already sick. Got a fever well up over 100 and liquid coming from every orifice of your body. I mean, you know, we can't understand you coming home like this. Right? I mean, no one has to say. I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to get across to you is that that's not a confession that denotes ownership. I'm not sick. Hallelujah. What's a confession that denotes ownership? Bless God, the healing power of God's driving this out of my body. That's how I am. On the men, praise God. Amen. So the power is in the word that you're confessing. Look at Psalm 1. Oh, hallelujah. This is something that's crucial. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or the wicked. Now, we taught on this some Sunday morning, and uh, I don't have time today to, to stay with it too much. But, you know, we very often look at that and we think, well, wicked, you know, uh, people that are sinners, people that are living wrong, or people that just have crooked counsel. If you're believing for healing, you don't want to be around people that are giving you contrary counsel to that. That's, that's so important. I thank God over the years of, of doing this, doing healing school, being in the healing ministry. We haven't seen a lot of people not healed, but we have seen some. And I can, I can bring almost every one of those cases back to what we're talking about today. Almost every one of them. He said he doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, his delight 
is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. So, notice, this is habitual. This is consistent. And, that word meditate, it means to ponder. It means to imagine. means to utter or to speak. Now, here's where I've seen a problem. Many try to operate the second part of that meaning without doing the first part. They want to utter and speak and declare, and they haven't spent time pondering, imagining, building a picture. Because that's just as important. When your, your confession is evidence of what you believe you are. And you believe what you are because you've seen what you are. You've built a picture. You've built an image. I don't care where I'm at. I don't care what I'm doing. I don't care who I'm with. If I'm watching TV or somebody makes a statement. If I'm watching TV and a cancer commercial comes on. First words out of my mouth is I'm a cancer free zone in Jesus name. Period. And, and the thing is, is that's not just positivity. That's what I am. Because cancer by definition is an abnormality in the cellular structure of your body and your body's cell groups are turning on themselves. That's abnormal. That's under the curse. I'm redeemed from the curse. So I don't have cancer. I won't have cancer because I'm a cancer-free zone. Now, think about this. When's the time for you to be saying that? Right now. Right, let's try it. Say, I'm a cancer-free zone. Say it out loud. Say, I don't have cancer. I won't have cancer. I'm a cancer-free zone. That's it. And you can say that about any sickness. I'm a diabetes-free zone. I'm a high blood pressure free zone. Amen. Now, understand why. What's, what's that doing? Painting a picture. Right? Because faith for anything comes by hearing the word on that thing. And is painting a picture to ponder, to imagine. I see me as healed. Right? Those, those number of years ago when I came under that physical attack, physical challenge from the enemy. And, and, and that's obviously where it came from. But here's the point. Is I, I didn't labor under what a lot of other people have labored under because I already had an image. Already had an image. I mean, it took the months that it took but there are people that I know didn't recover. Amen. But in two or three months, we're back in the game. Well, never really left the game, but 
Right? You, you understand? But I, would, I, I had already spent time in the Word. I already, I already had an image. And that's why that means so much to me. I would, just, I would just lay on my living room floor and soak in the presence of God and soak in the Word of God. And over and over again, I'd play that song by Keith Moore, I See Me as Healed. I see me as healed. I see me as healed. Well, I already saw myself that way. Amen. I see me as healed. There's a picture in my spirit of a strong and healthy man. And as I meditate upon His Word, that is what I am. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? So, so you're strong, you're healthy, you're whole, you're a cancer-free zone. No matter what comes along, you don't mind saying you won't ever have it? Right? Because you possess what you're saying. I can say that because I possess healing. Oh, hallelujah. So you spend time seeing yourself that way. Meditating on the Word. The people that I have the greatest respect for are still people that meditate the Word. I don't care how long they've been doing it. They still meditate the Word. You never get to the place where you don't have to meditate the Word. Well, I heard that years ago. Yeah, and what have you done with it since? It's, it's not what you heard 25 years ago. It's what have you done in the last 25 years with what you heard. Say it out loud. Say, I see me as healed. I see me as whole. I see me as free. Say it. Say, I see me as a cancer-free zone. A sickness-free zone. Every disease. Every germ. Every virus. Every one of them that touches my body dies instantly in Jesus' name. Because I am a sickness-free zone. Mm, hallelujah. And you say that when there's no issues, and you say that when there are issues, and you say that when you're getting better, and you say that when you're not sure you're going to get better. <laughs> Amen. How, you know what I mean by that. I mean, there's times you can feel so bad You'd have to die to feel better. You know? <laughs> Hallelujah. In Texas, we call that sick as a horse. You know, sick big. Big sick. But, but the point is, you're a sickness-free zone. Try that one more time. Say, I am a sickness-free zone. Say this. Say, my immune system. Every part of my defense system in my body works to perfection whenever it encounters anything it knows what to do in Jesus name hallelujah when you got up today there were thousands of bacteria that touched your body and any one of them could have killed you and your immune system went to work and you didn't even know they were eliminated you got little snipers running all through your body just picking, picking that bacteria off and you don't even know it. Amen. Hallelujah. 
So the, if, 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 if it's taking care of things you don't know, how well will it take care of things that you do know? Hallelujah. That's why you don't go around saying things like, my immune system is compromised. Right? Yeah, that's, that's not ours. We have strong immune systems. Amen. Look at Mark chapter 5. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hurry. This is the essence of faith for healing. What we're talking about today. And this is the declaration, the... Uh, uh, I don't like to use the word story, the account of the woman that was healed from the issue of blood. And I'm not going to take a lot of time because we can get directly to the point. Uh, verse 25, a certain woman that had an issue of blood 12 years suffered many things of many physicians, spent all she had was nothing better, but grew worse when she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, touched his garment, for she said... If I may touch his clothes, I'll be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Oh, hallelujah. Then, verse 34, Jesus is speaking to the woman, and he said unto her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace, go into peace, and be whole of your plague. So notice this, this, this process. She heard, she said, she acted, and she received. She heard, she said, she acted, and she believed. Now, n none of those on their own merit was going to do anything. But all of those in their whole, Jesus called faith. Because he looked at her and he said, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. There are people, whether they mean to do it or not, they attribute healing to confession. They attribute healing to being in a certain camp. Healing's based on your faith. If you believe that you possess it, you'll be confessing it. And in our camp, we do believe that we should confess the Word. But notice what Jesus said. He said it was her faith. So notice, she heard. Remember the first principle of faith is you've got to hear. Faith comes by hearing. You know, we can gather what she heard, that He was healing people, that everybody that touched His garment would be whole. You know, don't read things. you got a minute? Don't read things into the Scriptures that's not there. Because you'll hear ministers preach, well, she knew, based on the fact that Jesus wore a prayer shawl, and it had the tallit on the bottom, and one of the tallit, three or four over from the end, was the one that represented the healing God. And if she touched that, she would get healed. <laughs> Don't read that into the Scripture. The Bible says, 
that there was another instance where a multitude came. A multitude without number. And it says, as many as touched him were made whole. Now we don't know that that's exactly what she heard. But if she said, if all I can do is touch his garment, I'll be whole. She had to learn here something about touching the garment. My, my point is, she heard that Jesus would heal, and she said, if I can get to Him, I'll be whole. She heard. She, she heard. She heard. She heard. And what did that hearing do? That hearing prompted her to say, if I can just... And the Amplified Bible says, she kept saying. She kept saying. And then she acted. Mm. Hallelujah. See, don't make the mistake of trying to act before your faith is ripe. A lot of people try to take a faith action that they're not ready for. That's why you've got to spend time meditating, pondering the Word of God. People will talk to me and they'll say, well, you know, Pastor, I can't do this yet. But look, don't worry about that. Just keep, keep soaking. Keep soaking. Oh, hallelujah. Liliana, our little girl, she loves baths, loves to take a bath. Amen. And, I, and I'll go in and rub her, run, run her bath water and, and get her in, in the tub. And uh, uh, 30 minutes will go by and then 40 minutes will go by. And I'll say, hey, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Just soaking. I say, you being a lady of luxury. And she said, yes. Then you'll go in, she'll go, look, that was a good bath because it's all pruny. That was a good bath. If, if, you don't, if you're not all wrinkly, it wasn't a good bath. But here's, here's my point. Just soak. Just soak. Just soak. You don't have anything to prove to anybody about your faith. This woman could have cared less about what anybody else thought. You know? Don't, don't, don't get distracted from the story. And he said it was her faith. Now, I, I, we're not going to teach on this a long time. Just look at Matthew 9. We'll be done. But it's the same account, abbreviated version. I don't know how Matthew got the abbreviated version. He was a tax man, you know, but it seems like tax folks make everything long. <laughs> Matthew 9, verse 20. Behold, a woman that was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may touch his garment, I will be whole. But Jesus turned him about when he saw her. And when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Notice, your faith has made you whole. And she was made whole from that error. Well, both instances that we see this woman, the end result was her faith made her whole. So, hearing didn't make her whole. Saying didn't make her a whole. Acting did not make her whole. But all of those combined equated faith. And faith made her whole.
Well, what's the good news? If her faith made her whole, your faith will make you whole. Hallelujah. And you know, whatever, whatever part of the healing journey that you're on, you may be here and have nothing wrong in your body. You may be here and have something minor. You may be here and have something major. Watching online, you may have something major, minor, nothing. But, but here's the point. If I have nothing, I can build my faith to keep whatever comes away. If I'm dealing with something minor, I can build my faith to take care of it, drive it out. Major, drive it out. Amen. I, there, there was a young boy one time that we prayed for, and uh, he had, uh, well, the only way to explain it, he was allergic to everything. He, he had been to the doctor, and his mother said, seven years old when we prayed for him, said he's allergic to everything. There was nothing that they tested him on. He, said, he was on uh, uh, seven different allergy medicines. And, uh, but mom brought him to church and, and, and was believing God. And, uh, of course, we prayed for him. And uh, they took him back to the doctor the next day. She said, I got I to gotta go back tomorrow. And she went back the next day. And, and the child that just days previous had been allergic to everything was now allergic to nothing. Well, that, that tells you something. That's how quick it can change. Don't expect faith to be something laborious and something that's going to take forever. If it takes a period of time, fine. But the Bible says there's joy and peace in believing. So you'll hinder your faith if you're constantly saying, when's this going to happen and, and why? And, and I'm still going through this. Joy and peace in believing. But when do I, when do I receive it as done? Now. Now. Right? Now. That, that, that was a quick turnaround. But I've, I also know a lady in the Kansas location that how long we stand with Bonnie? Two years? Or three? Three years in a cancer fight. She's cancer free today. We just had to keep standing. Amen. We just had to keep, well, well, why didn't that happen overnight? I don't know. I may not ever know till I get to heaven. But here's what I know. It's gone. Who cares if it takes a year? The doctor looks at you and says, this could kill you. Who cares if it takes a year? See, that'll hinder your faith. I want it right now. I want it right now. That'll hinder your faith. That'll hinder your faith. Hallelujah. But the end result is, well, whole. Amen. Glory to God. And when I was fighting the physical fight that I fought, there wasn't a day that I got up and didn't want to be healed right now. Man, I'd roll out of bed and just and, and for a split second just really feel good. Glory to God. And jump up. Maybe today's the day. Bam! Here it come. I, I, and, and I knew, so from the beginning, I didn't fall into that trap. But the, the, of, of when's this going to happen? I, so I knew. But here's the point. There wasn't a day that I just didn't want to, here's the word, feel better. I just wanted to feel good. How many know it feels good to feel good? Right? But I wanted to feel good. But I learned something. I can get so focused on the feeling 
that I abandoned my faith. You're healed ever how you feel. Because you possess healing. See, I don't, you understand what I mean by this? I'm not in possession of the sickness because it's not mine. It might be in my body, but it's not mine. It is not my cancer. It is not my heart problem. It is not my high blood pressure. It is not my sugar diabetes. It is not, any disease is not yours. Why? Jesus took it. You understand? It might be there, but it's illegal. It is trespassing. It's violating biblical law being in your body. Don't, 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 don't claim it. Don't take possession of it. When you say, oh, that's my heart trouble, you own it now. You own it. And anything you own, anything you take ownership of, you got to deal with. Anything that you cast on Him, He said, I'll carry it. I'll take care of it. Oh, I'm helping you. I'm helping me. And, and that's in any area. If you're believing for your children, listen, don't carry the care of your kids. Don't carry the care of your children. You're not responsible for getting them to heaven. They got to believe God. Your job is to believe for people to come into their lives and minister the Word of God to them. Don't carry the care of them. I say don't carry the care of them. Amen. One night, one night, oh, one of our daughters was just trying to live for the devil just as quick as she could. And, and, and she wasn't living in our home. Wasn't anything we could do about it. And we knew the shenanigans she was pulling. And my wife said one night she looked over and I was just sleeping as peaceful as could be. And she said she laid there and thought, now Lord, this isn't even right. He's laying over getting a good night's rest and I'm staying awake. This isn't right. And the Lord said to her, well, he's cast the care of it onto me. Now, I'm not bragging on me. That was just that one instance. You know, she's probably got four or five that she did better than I did. But the Lord had dealt with me two days before that or three days before that. And he asked me a question. I was praying. And here's how I was praying. I was praying in tongues. Oh, shake it. Oh, come on, shake Oh. And the Lord said, Philip, what are you doing? He said, your face is all scrunched up. That's what the Lord said to me. It made me, I thought, I'm praying and you're looking at my face. And he said, your scrunched up face is evidence you don't believe anything you're praying. And he asked me, he said, Who's what's, what's my responsibility in this situation? I said, save my child. He said, what's your responsibility? I said, believe that you'll save my child. He said, then you do what you're supposed to do and I'll do what I'm supposed to do. That settled it. Listen, am I helping you? Who's the healer? Who? What's your responsibility? What's his responsibility? You do your part, he'll do his part. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Father, thank you for your people today. Thank you for those in this room. Thank you for those watching online. Father, we just take authority in agreement over those physical maladies. Lord, over cancer. 
that foul oppression from the pit of hell. We take authority over that. Oh, hallelujah. We take authority over every heart issue, heart trouble, heart disease, congestive heart failure, mm. clogged arteries. We take authority over that and we speak healing and health to their bodies. Oh, hallelujah. And Father, we declare in the name of Jesus that we are the healed of the Lord. And we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for being here today. We hope that you'll join us again next week, tomorrow night. Of course, we have service. We'd love to see you then as well. But until we see you here, there, or in the air, remember to build your faith and keep the switch of faith turned on.